Do you know, if we're going to see a move of God in the nation, we need to let the Holy Spirit take control. We really do. And so I'm even debating whether I should speak or not, to be honest with you. Because I don't want just to speak. I, I really don't. The only reason I'm going to speak is because Abby, it's her fault. <laughs> Abby had an encounter and she saw me speaking on this subject for this meeting. So I'm just trying to see, Lord, is this really you or has Abby got it wrong? Because <laughs> I don't want to ruin anything. It's like, even as a wee boy, I always remember going to meetings and the Holy Spirit was moving. And then we stopped to meeting to do offerings and things like this. <laughs> and I hated it. I really didn't like it. Because why did we stop? Why did we just not keep going? <laughs> so, I got, so, so I got Caitlin to interrupt the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but I do feel I have to give this message. That's the latest update. <laughs> And then I feel God wants to release things tonight at the end. <laughs> at the end, not the beginning. Because I really feel God wants to release, it's what we call scrolls from heaven. And it's to do with our personal destiny, but it's also the destiny of the, the ecclesia and the nation and the destiny of the nation. So I just want to pray, Lord. I ask that, I bring this word, Lord God, the way you intended it to be given. And Lord, that this is not just another message, another sermon, just another thing to do because we've got a gathering. Lord, we want your word. Father, we don't want other sermons. We don't need another sermon. We don't need another sermon. We don't need another sermon. Father, will you release your oracles? Will you release a word for this nation? Will you release a word for us as individuals? Father, as we hear this word, I'm asking that you release scrolls from heaven. Destinies from heaven. Lord, tonight that you will raise up everyone here into the place that they should be. That we can walk in fullness. That we can walk into that which you ordained for us before we were ever born. Ephesians 1.3 says, and, and I've called this every spiritual blessing in Christ, but don't see this as a sermon. You can even keep your eyes shut, honestly, because I honestly don't want it to be a sermon. We often get into classroom mode, and I don't want that. Be in the Spirit, stay in the Spirit, and hear what the Lord is saying. And this is for Glasgow, this is for the city, this is for the nation, this is for all of us here. I believe God wants to release something tonight that can change all of our lives. Really. If you're wondering what people are doing, it's like trading into the revelation. It's like sowing something of yourself into what I'm saying. So it's not a weird thing. Anyway, Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms, with every spiritual blessing in Christ. I just want to ask a simple question. Where is our blessing? Where is our blessing? In the heavenly realms. Do you know the next move that God is about to bring into the earth? It's not a move with the Spirit on the earth. <laughs> It's a move of the people who learn how to engage in the spiritual realms. 
Why? Because every spiritual blessing is in heavenly places. Have you ever wondered why we're not walking in the fullness? Have you ever wondered why we're not walking in all that the spiritual blessings, the promises, that the word promises? I tell you why. Because we're trying to get those promises on the earth. And God is trying to teach us something, that we need to go beyond the veil into the heavenly realms, because that is where all our spiritual blessings are. I just want to go through some of the spiritual blessings, and as, as I say, I am not saying this just to have points for a sermon. I'm really not. I believe God wants to release scrolls tonight for you, and for the city, for the nation, for the nations. So what are the spiritual blessings that we have been given? The spiritual blessings are in the heavenly realms, but what are they? The first one is we have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Psalm 139 verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. This is David speaking, saying, your eyes saw my unformed body. Everything that David was going to do was written in a book. There's a book in heaven with your name on it. Do you know the Jewish believers believed that we actually agreed to the book in heaven before we came to earth? Even if that's not true, there is a book in heaven for you. There's a scroll written for you. There's a perfect plan for you. There's a perfect plan for Glasgow. There's a perfect plan for Scotland. But it's in the heavenly realms. <laughs> and we must choose to walk in God's perfect plan for us. Do you know there's three levels we can operate at? And I honestly believe that we as the church have operated at the very lowest level. Do you know there's the good, there's the acceptable, and there's the perfect? Let me just read it. Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is good an acceptable and perfect will of God. Do you know we've been walking in the acceptable will? In other words, we just get by as a church. We maybe just get there, we have a few gifts, a few good meetings, but do you know there's something even more deceptive than that? And it's actually walking in the good. Do you know why? Because we're comfortable in the good. We have good conferences, we've got good meetings, we've got good church, we've got a good life. But I'm telling you, there's a voice speaking in these days. There's a voice from heaven speaking into Glasgow, into Scotland, to the church, and saying, as are those, as there a remnant who will come into the perfect? At least will you strive for something beyond good, something beyond acceptable. God has a book written about us and you. 
like David. All the days of his life was written in this book. There's books in heaven that God wants to release tonight. And in this book, there's a perfect plan for everybody. A perfect plan. And do you know what? We have to choose to walk in the perfect plan. Because if we don't choose to walk in the perfect plan, you just go through life having a good life or a good church or just acceptable. But can I say... There's something beyond just the good. There's something beyond just acceptable. God is calling a people into the perfect. And you might say we can't walk in perfect or perfection in this life. Ephesians 4.11 says, We, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, are there for the equipping of the saints until we walk in the full stature, until we become a perfect man. That's the King James Version. A perfect man. What is God wanting? Does he want just nice meetings, just good, acceptable lives? Or does he want the perfect man to be raised up in this nation? God wants a perfect man on the earth. God is looking for a perfect man, a mature man. It's beyond revival. It's beyond visitation. It's habitation. It's walking in the fullness of the dream that God had for us in his books already written. There's a written book in heaven for every one of us. But we must choose to to lay aside. We must choose to lay aside good. We must choose to lay aside the acceptable to go for the perfect. And I'm saying this to Glasgow and I'm saying this to the church. I'm saying this to the churches that have good conferences. And you know, God's not looking for experts. He's not. God is looking for the weak. God is looking for reformers, but he's looking for the weak who will just simply say, I'll do it. I want the perfect. I don't want to be an expert. Listen, I would rather be an amateur in the new than an expert in the old. But there's a book in heaven with your name on it, with the perfect plan, and I don't know what your book is. But imagine we, everybody here could walk in the perfect plan. Imagine everyone here says tonight, Lord, I want to go there. I want to live in this perfect plan. There's a book for you. There's nobody left out. The only reason we don't walk in it is because we choose not to. Deuteronomy 30.19 says, This day I call the heavens and the earth as a witness against you, that I have set before you life and death, blessings and cursings. Now choose life. In other words, now choose the perfect. Number two, we have been predestined unto the adoption of children, and I don't think we understand what this means. Let me read something, and this is a Hebrew scholar who said this. His name's David Weber. See, this is where God is calling us. He's calling us into a a maturity that we've not seen. In the life of the average Hebrew, there were three major events which drew broad public attention to him. Remember, I'm talking about the good, the acceptable, and the perfect. The first of these events was his circumcision, which occurred when he was an infant. Eight years, sorry, eight days old. 
This was the moment he was marked as a covenant man. Salvation. The second major event was his bar mitzah, which took place as he was about to enter into puberty. And the word bar mitzah actually means a son accountable. And this signified the time not only when he was held accountable for keeping the commandments of God, but also when he was to become an apprentice under his his father's family business. That's like a second level. Pentecost. And this is third level. This is the perfect that God wants to take us to. So hear what I'm saying. The third event was known as a huasthesia, or the young man's adoption ceremony. The word huasthesia means son, placement, and indicates the time when a male child reached what was considered to be the age of maturity, around 30. At this time, the father of the young man would place his hand on the head of his son, and listen to this, and openly proclaim, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. I bestow upon him now all of my riches and power and authority through power of attorney so that he might act on my behalf in all of my affairs. Where else have we seen this statement? (laughs) Transfiguration. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led him up a high mountain by themselves. And there he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And just then there appeared before them Moses Elijah, talking with Jesus. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I love, and whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. What am I saying? There's three steps in a way. One is to be born again, and we can remain there. And then we've went beyond that to Pentecost. But what I'm saying for the church here in Scotland, what I'm saying for you as an individual, what I'm saying for Glasgow is there's something beyond that where the Father will look at us and say, this is my huios, mature son. And what does it look like? Well, what did it look like for Jesus? He was transfigured. You might say, but that was just for Jesus. Well... Caitlin knows what's coming here. Do you know the scripture that says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind? If you look up the word transform, what it means in the Strongs, it means be ye transfigured. In other words, God is looking for a corporate body on the earth that one day he can look at and say, this is my huios, mature son. Listen to him. Why is it the world does not hear our voice? Why is it the world does not listen to us? I tell you why. Because we're not functioning as a mature son yet. 
And for some, it's a choice because we've not chosen to. We just want to live in the acceptable. The church just wants to live in the good. But is there some who will live in the perfect? Is there some who will say, I want to go beyond? I want to live in the fullness of the perfection of the book that is written about me in heaven. We have been accepted in the beloved. We have been redeemed and all our sins have been forgiven. We have been accepted into the divine mystery. We have, been, we have obtained an inheritance. Now listen to this. You see, this is why we've not been walking in the fullness. Because we have not been walking in the full stature as sons, mature sons. Galatians 4, 1-7 says, Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all, but is under guardians and stewards until the time appointed by the Father. Even so, we, when we are children, were in bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time has come, God sent his Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of sons. What is the adoption of sons? It's the time when the Father looks upon us at the age of 30, maturity, and says, this is my beloved sons. And if we don't get this, we are still slaves. And honestly, and I'm not condemning the church because I'm condemning myself in a way, we have been functioning as slaves that's why we've not been walking in inheritance. That's why we've not been walking in all the spiritual blessings that are in heavenly places. That's why we've not been transfigured. And I'm not condemning. What I'm saying is there's something beyond. There's something beyond for everyone here. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit to his son in your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. We can stay, listen to this, we can stay at the level of a slave, or we can surrender fully to the Lord and become a mature son. Slaves don't have an inheritance. <laughs> And we have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Our generation has lived in a Pentecostal era where we have enjoyed the baptism of the Holy Spirit. But what I'm saying is there's something beyond Pentecost. There's something beyond Pentecost for you as an individual. There's something beyond Pentecost for Glasgow. There's something beyond Pentecost for the church. And I'm telling you, there's a voice speaking from heaven and crying out to those, the remnant in this nation, and saying, who will come and, and go towards this goal of a high calling of perfection into the place of tabernacles beyond Pentecost, beyond conference, beyond good meetings, beyond good gatherings, that we might be like Christ, that we might truly be like him. Can you imagine a company of people who look like Christ fully?
You see, revival actually just takes us back to the very basic level that we should be at. <laughs> and I love revival, and we need it. But it only takes us back to the very basic level. What I'm saying is there's something beyond that. There's something beyond visitation. There's something beyond just revival, habitation, us looking like Christ fully. Pentecost is great, but we need to go. Not We don't do away with Pentecost, but we go beyond it. Listen to this, if you don't believe me. <laughs> 2 Corinthians one twenty two says, God also sealed in us and gave the Spirit as a down payment. Do you realize Pentecost was a down payment? Do you realize Pentecost was a, a feast in Israel, as you know? And it was a tenth. Do you know the down payment of Pentecost is only a tenth? In other words, every revival we've ever read about, whether it's the Welsh revival, Lewis revival, Maria Woodworth, Etta, I don't know, Charles Finney, George Whitfield, that was a tenth of what God is about to do. But my question to you is, are you wanting it? Does Glasgow want this? Are we willing to move beyond this? Are we willing to say, Lord, we want the perfect, we want the perfect that's written in the books in heaven. 2 Corinthians 1.22, this is the New International Version. He set his seal of ownership on us and put in his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. And the Amplified Bible says, he also has appropriated and acknowledged us as his by putting his seal upon us and giving us the Holy Spirit in our hearts as a security deposit and guarantee of the fulfillment of his promise. What is the fulfillment of his promise? It's not just the tenth of the Holy Spirit, is it? It's the fullness of Christ himself. <laughs> we have never seen this. We have seen revival. We've seen visitations, but none of us have ever walked in this age, in this time, where we're going to walk in the fullness. You see, many are called. Many are called to this, but few are chosen. Why is that? Let me change it. Many are called, but few make themselves chosen. God is not elitist. He's not saying, I choose you, but I don't choose you. He chooses all of us, but we don't necessarily choose him. <laughs> it is he who has anointed us. This is in Knox Bible. Just it is... It, uh, just as it is he who has put his seal on us and given us the foretaste of his spirit in our hearts. So how do we access these blessings? Remember, every spiritual blessing is in the heavenly realms. Remember, we've got a book written in heaven about you that's got the perfect on it. The perfect plan for you. The perfect plan for you, Lynn. The perfect plan for you, Lorna. The perfect plan for you, Greg. The perfect plan is in this book. Imagine you can read your book that's in heaven. It's got a perfect plan. How many of us actually walk in this perfect plan? Let's be honest. I've not walked in it. Have we walked in this perfect plan? How amazing that we can see this book, that there's a book about you that's got the, we're all 
groaning. Why are we groaning? Why are we groaning? Because we know about this. There's something in us groaning for the more. That's why we're here. There's something in us that's groaning. There's something in me that cannot settle. I cannot settle for just good meetings. I cannot even settle for what we've had tonight. I honestly cannot settle for even what we've had tonight, even though it's been amazing. I cannot settle. We cannot settle. Me and Graham, every time we have a great meeting like this, we go away and go, yes, we thank you, Lord, but we're not satisfied. There's something in us groaning for this book that's got the perfect plan for you. And everybody's might be different. Every scroll might be different. When I say scroll, I just mean book. In other words, it's a book that David spoke about. In other words, you're predestined. Although, when I say that, what I mean is there's a predestined plan for you if you choose to walk in it. But there's an inward growing. The Spirit has been put in us and it's groaning. It's saying, Abba, we need to be like you. We need to be like you. We want to be, Lord God, walking in the fullness How many here are dissatisfied even with your jobs? You're dissatisfied with your career? Why? Because there's a perfect one for you and we've not walked in it yet. I'm not condemning the church or anything. What I'm saying is I'm calling the church up higher if we want. But what I'm also saying is if they won't go, I'm going. And Graham's going. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) And it's usually, it's usually the. (laughs) Nothing else is going to satisfy Reuben. Nothing else is going to satisfy. It's just finding what is in this book for me. What is in the scrolls for the church in Glasgow? What is in the scrolls for the church in Scotland? Is it supposed to be just doing wee courses that try and introduce people to Jesus with no power? Is it supposed to start with fire in like the upper room and end up with a badge? <laughs> end up with just a badge saying Jesus loves you or something? Is it supposed to start with such glory? And end up just with a whimper. We're supposed to go from glory to glory. And there's something in us that's aching for this. That's why we're here. There's one or two people throughout the ages who begin to walk in that perfect book. People who transform cities, transform nations. Or even those who are in the unseen in prayer, like the two old ladies in the Earl of Lewis. Maybe they weren't seen, maybe they weren't famous, it doesn't matter. But they fulfilled their scroll. They fulfilled why they were born.
There's a high call that God is calling us to. There's a higher call. The purpose of the true apostolic is to call the church up higher, higher up the mountain, higher into the heavenlies, to engage there, to live there, to live beyond the veil, to really know God face to face. If Moses can know God face to face, if Moses can know God face to face, surely there must be a calling on us to know God face to face. Why is it under the old covenant they could divide the waters, divide the sea, but we can't cure a headache? Do we really think the way we've been doing evangelism is going to change a nation? Honestly. Honestly, we, are we, do we not need the glory the way the early church did? Do we not need to go even higher than them? I think it was Bill Johnson who said if Moses was a, what he did was the highest miracles that the world has ever seen, what a sad day. Because we're under a new covenant with better promises. The question is, what is that perfect plan in your book? And are you willing to completely surrender to walk in that? To die? It's an old-fashioned message, but I tell you what, we need it. Because I tell you why. You're not really dying. You're actually about to live. (laughs) You're actually about to fulfill the reason you're born. But it does take giving up what we think is life, but it's not really life. It's just a facade. So how do we access these spiritual blessings? How do we access the scrolls? It's quite simple. Every spiritual blessing is in heavenly places, right? So the answer is we need to access heavenly places to get them. (laughs) It's not complicated. So first we need to know where they are. They're in the heavenly realms. We must believe and step in by faith. We must boldly approach the throne and ask for what you need. Ask for that scroll. Ask for those books to be opened. And 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with with ever-increasing glory which comes from the Lord. We need to go beyond the veil. We with unveiled faces. The veil was torn when Jesus died. We with unveiled faces need to go beyond the veil and behold the glory. And it's there that we are transformed. That word again is the same word, transfiguration. So we need to go beyond the veil. We need to be a generation that lives beyond the veil. We need to go through the door that God has provided. Jesus said, I will give you the keys of heaven. We're not going to function at the earth level anymore. Well, if we do, we're going to achieve nothing. But if we learn to live beyond the veil, face to face, like our church fathers, like those who've went before us, like Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts was taken up for three months and met God face to face before the Welsh revival ever happened. Can you imagine being taken up to heaven for three months, 
face to face with God, then coming to earth and then speaking to men, then speaking to government, then speaking to prime ministers. I don't know what your individual scroll is, but it is your destiny to stand before God face to face. It is your destiny to walk in the full stature of Christ because that's all our destinies. It is your destiny to be like him, to know him, to be possessed by him, to be filled with him, to walk into fullness. And we do that by going beyond the veil. If you want to stand up, <laughs> do you want to play some, just some nice, lovely? <laughs> you see, God is calling. This is why we're here. God wants to call the church higher. And you're obviously here because you're hungry. And what I believe, and I wrote it down here. There's three things I believe God wants to do tonight as we step in. Remember, every spiritual blessing is in heavenly places. So we step in there by faith. And there's three things I believe God wants to release tonight. One is healing. Two is your book. In other words, your scroll or your purpose. The reason you're born. And three... I believe God wants to release a sound. I believe there's a Celtic sound that God wants to release. I don't believe for a second we have achieved in worship what, the way we're supposed to go. I believe God wants to, it's like connect heaven to our heritage. So God wants to release a sound. Maybe God will give you a, a gift tonight, even of how to play an ancient instrument. Maybe God will give you a gift to know how to play the pipes or a harp or an ancient instrument, an ancient Celtic instrument or even a violin or a, I don't know. So just close your eyes. And by faith, we're stepping beyond the veil. It says, boldly approach the throne. The throne is in heaven, and the Bible clearly says boldly approach it. So I just ask, and you ask, to reveal your scroll. What is your book? What is the book written about you? What does it say? Don't go for just the acceptable or the good. What is the perfect? Father, I'm asking beyond the veil, will you release to everyone here the books that were written about them before they ever were born? And Lord, as people make decisions in here to go for the perfect, not just the good, 
or the acceptable, but the perfect. As people say, Lord, I want to yield to you. Will you release to them the books of heaven? Fullness, Lord. Lord, release that sound in the people. Lord, release creativity. Release the arts, Lord. God, I ask that you raise people up here to play ancient instruments. The instruments that David would play. The instruments that the Celtics, the Celts would play. Lord, raise up worship in our land that connects back to the Celtic heritage. Lord, the third thing, I ask it as we step beyond the veil that you'll release perfect healing. Lord, not just 20%, not just 30%, 100% made whole. Be made whole. Lord, as we step in, we receive the spiritual blessing of healing. We receive miracles, Lord, tonight. for the books for Glasgow and Scotland and the United Kingdom. Father, will you release the books that have the perfect plan? Not the good or the acceptable. Release the perfect plan for the United Kingdom. Not the plan, Lord God, of any political group, but the plan of heaven. We must die to our idea of that plan and say, Lord, thy will be done. Not my will, thy will be done. And Lord, release that Celtic sound in this city. Raise up musicians, Lord, across the nation. Raise up that sound again. up the old and the new sound Lord, release a new sound that we have never heard a new sound that we have never ever heard Lord mantles healing mantles not just healing Lord God for our bodies but may we walk in the miraculous 
toward Lake St. Columba. May we walk in such glory realms, Lord, that whole regions will be healed in a moment. That hospitals, Lord, everyone in it will be healed in a moment. But Lord, whole communities healed in a moment. beyond the veil for our spiritual inheritance we ask for our inheritance Lord God may we hear the words that say this is my son this is my mature son this is my mature son now ready to take the family business asking you raise up this company of people here to walk in the perfect so that we may become the perfect man the perfect man the perfect man no longer just good or acceptable but perfect perfect